got one thing I have to ask you about before we, we begin. Okay. Okay. Oh, so. you, yeah. Listen, this feels prepared. This oh, is crap. prepared. This is dangerous. Look you out. don't do this. You don't put me on the spot usually. Uh-huh. Welcome Where's to the Fundamentalists. Hey, you put it on the bookshelf. Ah, uh, get, pull yourself together. This yeah. is going to be crazy. A couple weeks ago, I, we were hanging out, and it occurred to me that I have not directly asked you what you put in the back of your toilet to make the water so blue. Yes. Um, when you, this is something you've admired for a while. For quite a while, but yeah. I always forget to ask, and I'm always like, blue water in the toilet is such a goofy, fun, f- silly thing. You've got to treat yourself right. you got to treat yourself treat right. Yourself it's right. self-care. It's you self- know? It is my self-care. It yeah. is your yeah. self-care. Yeah. And I go in there, and I'm like, ah, it's just more fun to pee into blue water than yeah. clear water. Uh, and it so, feels like you're on holiday, like you're, you're in a... An island, you're yeah. peeing into the sea. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like a Bahaman, Bahamian, Bahama, yeah. an island in the Bahamas. It's a luxurious urination. It is a luxurious urination. And so I was like, how do we? How do I do this? You recommended a product from Amazon. I bought the product. I bought two packs. Yeah. Um, you know what? I recommended not the best one. I like, think you did, Pete. I know. I know. Oh, is that what you're going to? That's what exactly me? what I'm going to say oh, because yeah. I was like. I okay. I'm like okay. so excited. I'm, and you don't. I don't treat myself to things like this very often, and it's so stupid. But I really wanted it to be a very a blue like you have in your toilet, and it's been nothing but baby blue. So <laughs> yeah. I've then put two tablets now in the toilet to try to create the blue, and it's still not working. But you know the reason. It's because you pee a lot more than I do. That's not true. Because it has I to... knew you were going to bring it up. As soon as I thought about this, I was like, he's going to bring up how much I pee as like a thing. <laughs> well, I don't know what that has to do with it. I don't pee into the tank or the toilet. <laughs> you, so you've got to let it rest for a while and then it builds up the blue. But you're right that the product I recommended you uh, is subpar blueness. It doesn't last as long. It didn't even come with instructions. It just came yeah. in a bag. Yeah, no, I, I listen, I, I feel bad for that. Well, what product do you use? I think it's Clorox. Clorox? Clorox, Clorox or whatever. They, yeah. they do one that's very good, and that's that's a better one. That's what I want. Anyway, welcome yeah. to The Fundamentalists, yeah. everybody. My name is Elliot Morgan. I'm here with Peter Rollins. We have a very fun episode for you today. Lots to get through, but a few announcements first. Yes. First and foremost is Pete and I were recently guests on a podcast called a Against Everyone with Connor Habib. Am I getting that? You're getting that completely right. I Uh, always say against everything, but against everyone. Against everyone. And what a great title. Wordplay in the title. So fun. I had a great time on this podcast because Pete and Connor happen to be highly intelligent people who differ in their beliefs on many things. And I had a great time. It was so fun to hear them chat. And I got to say some of my thoughts on things. And it was really fun. And if you would like to check that out, you can go check out Against Everyone with Connor Habib. And the play on words is you're against everyone, but you're also pressing against everyone. He, by the way, well, you know this, but other people don't know this. Before I downgraded to you, uh, he was mm-hmm. my housemate for a couple I know. of years. Yeah, so um, that I know. was a lot of fun. I remember, Pete, and that house was very charming. It and was. Nice. That was a lovely house. Yeah, yeah very nice. Well, we, um, we've got other things as well. We do. Oh, you know what? I do want to announce something that okay. I'm doing. Can I do it? I'm doing an online festival in May. Okay. In Belfast, but you don't have to be in Belfast. You just have to be in your own home. But it will be ideas, and it will be music, and probably comedy, and all of that stuff. And it's going to be in a bar in Belfast. And uh, if anybody's interested in being part of this experiment, I'm in fear and trembling because I've never done an online festival before. It's usually in person. But I checked it all out. I think we can do a really. Co- it had to be in Belfast. I'm going to fly out there. If I have to quarantine for two weeks, I'll quarantine. And we'll. We've got a cool bar. We're going to set up loads of cameras. 
we're gonna have live music and art and uh, three hours of content a night and then hopefully as well community stuff so people can get to know who else is online love it so that's exciting i just did 40 hours of school over the past four days all over zoom whoa and it was immersive um and uh and not as cool as being in person for sure but they a lot for what one of the things they were talking about is like continuing education conferences and that kind of thing you're doing a festival which is different but it's people are doing it this is just the how it is now i think Mm -hmm. it's cool that you're doing it rather than not doing it at all i want to try it out and it makes it super cheap and also it means that anyone in the world can be part of it so in the past you had to fly all the way to ireland Mm -hmm. to be part of the festival so no but in your you will be physically in i'll be physically there and everybody involved will be physically there so it's not like you're watching zoom calls like everything will be in the bar we'll be moving around every cabaret probably said be comedy live music and 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 I'll be speaking and it's going to be a bit biographical I'm going to tell a little bit about my story um about how my the philosophy I do relates to Belfast oh interesting so we're going to make it really contextual as well so I'm excited about that I look forward to my invite Pete yeah well man I I would love to get you out down would you like like genuinely would you like to come out to Ireland well don't put me on record during yeah. a podcast but yeah I would love to mm. I don't know if it's this year but I said mm. that last year and it's not I mean my schedule's not exactly slammed currently <laughs> <laughs> so and also yeah. I'm very much itching to do some form of stand-up uh, at some point yeah. uh, and because uh, I it's hit me like a ton of bricks that I haven't done it in a very long time and I'm just like oh my god I gotta I gotta it's there's still an itch in me even though for the longest time I've been not wanting to do it mm. but now I feel like I got yeah i got little things i got little jokey jokes um we're all cracking up we all want to get back out and yeah meet people and physically be around people you know yeah have some kind of connection but also folks one last announcement before we dive into the this meaty heady topic that we have which is weezer uh (laughs) we also recognized very recently that some of our episodes did not appear on itunes and if you are an itunes listener and if you subscribed you may have gotten a whole bunch of alerts um there was just a technical thing that was my fault we could fire me but then but then, just yeah, please don't, Elliot. please God, <laughs> no. Uh, but it, they should be available now, and the most recent episodes, in my opinion, have been some of our best, and so if you haven't seen them or heard them, you can go to iTunes, and you can also subscribe here at youtube.com slash Elliot Morgan to see the video version of it, and that's the that on that. That's that. Pete. Oh, yes, by the way, I was going to, because we were talking about doing a clubhouse as well. At oh, some point, there it is. See, we got so much to talk about, guys. So much we topic. miss you, and we're hungry oh. for your connection with you. I know. So Clubhouse might be a way for us to do this, but I had a very embarrassing experience that you know about. I just wanted to, <laughs> oh, God, tell people about. So we have a friend, very good friend, very close friend of mine called Daniel. Yeah. Daniel is one of the most talented people I know, one of the most talented musicians I know. The guy Jeez. is you know, he's a superstar, he's an incredible voice, he's incredible. And he's also very vivacious and crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there's ever been a time that I've been around Daniel and it hasn't been madness of some kind. I've gone to some crazy parties with him. Mm-hmm. I've been even been to Cuddle Puddles. Yeah. Have you ever been to a Cuddle Puddle? Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah. Pete. A Cuddle Puddle is a, it's really, it's, it's a tightrope where on one side, there's like, it's like an episode of the Waltons. And on the other side, it's like Fifty Lawsuits. Shades of Grey. <laughs> yeah, so it's a it, it, cuddle puddles are a very difficult thing, and and you know, 
very, very weird and awkward. Well, not my kind of thing. I'm not a very touchy this wasn't kind a, of guy. Yeah, this wasn't a cuddle puddle. <laughs> this wasn't a cuddle That's puddle. a separate episode. <clears throat> That's a separate episode. Um, did I tell you ever the first time Jay met Daniel? No. Oh, yeah. He came out and uh, he was like... I think like, you have, but I mean... Oh, right, yeah. But he, yeah, he comes out and... He knows I've got this friend, Daniel, and he's like, I wonder who this guy Daniel is. You know, it's one of these sophisticated Los Angeles friends of Pete's, you know. Yes. And we were meeting in Soho House. And we're at Soho House, and there's, I wave, I see Daniel and I wave, and there's two guys in tuxedos, look like James Bond, you know. And Jay's like, oh yeah, there, there he is. That's him. That's him. And then he realized that I was actually waving five feet behind him to the guy who was in a pink all-in-one bunny onesie. Yeah. He's like, that's Daniel. No, that's him. <laughs> that's Daniel. So, You'll have to look behind the men in suits, yeah, and then you will see him. You will see him. So I text you last week. Do you remember getting these texts? Yeah. Like the yeah, so I was invited by Daniel onto one of his clubhouses. It's called Life After the Cult, and he wants to. He said, "I'll come on board, and we'll talk about what a cult is. Why do people get involved in cults?" And he made me a moderator, and it was great. And then the next week, he made me a moderator again. A moderator. A moderator. <laughs> and this was pinging out to everybody. And then I realized that the description of the event that looked like it was being run by me, that was going out to everybody who follows me, was. Uh, discussions on polyamory, psychedelics, and kink. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is just a, to a pile of strangers. It looks like I've really taken a different yeah. direction in my uh, yeah. <laughs> in my career. To the 12 people <laughs> that follow you on that platform, yeah. I'm sure it rocked. But you, <laughs> yeah, but you reminded me. I, thought, I did. Uh, yeah, I did remind you. I was like, no. Yeah, because I was like, oh, there's not many people following me. And then you were like, Pete, did you not advertise on Twitter that you're on Clubhouse? I was like, oh. Yeah, so I did and I did say that. I was like, you also, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I like the clubhouse thing. I truly have no idea what it is. I but don't like it anymore. I've gone off it. You have gone off because mm-hmm. I was cracking up when mm-hmm. you all of a sudden were part of a talk about kink and whatever else was going on. <laughs> I think that stuff tickles me so much when you get <laughs> sort of... Not looped in, but you get like it, it, it does sound like you have a lot to say about these subjects, and that's not to say that you don't, mm. but I don't, I haven't heard you say a lot. I don't think that's your area of expertise. And so, hearing that you were like, Oh, I'm in the brothers, oh, it's called this, oh, it's going out to, oh, oh, I was like, <laughs> This is wonderfully funny because I, I like it's great to be invited into the conversation, but it looks like I'm running the room. It's like, Oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah, it does, it did look like it looked like, like I was running the room, yeah. Um, but the, 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 the quality of conversation, most social influencers, and I uh, you know, exclude yourself and Grace, but most social influencers... Period. What's that? <laughs> we also do not consider ourselves among yes, other Yes, that's right. Because most of them, and this is controversial, probably don't have much to say. Yeah. Now you would think that. You wouldn't know that. But so most of the rooms in, on Clubhouse are embarrassingly... Um, uh, basic is that what you call it but they're basic, like yeah, yeah 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 so we can have some fun with it though but we can have some fun um so sign up on clubhouse if you guys aren't there i don't know how you do it i don't know if I it's know. open now to the, the wasn't it like an invite only thing mm-hmm. or something i think they're next week or something or next couple of weeks they're going to make it open to everybody i think well i'm at elliot morgan and i've also tried to figure out how to share my profile on other platforms i have no idea how to do it there's no real easy way but if you're into that kind of thing we might do some rooms where you can hear us talk and have conversations and on it can be really polyamory cool. and on kink and polyamory and psychedelics yeah <laughs> all our crazy favorite things um this episode is about none of those things yes. this episode is about a band called weezer folks and if you're not familiar with me um i'm a big fan of weezer i have been my entire life and 
they are I am I am such a diehard Weezer fan that I count myself among the people that often hate them the most but every now and then they come out with an album that I particularly love that uh, in the words of Harry from Dumb and Dumber causes me to say hey you've totally redeemed yourself and they have recently done that with the release of OK Human I gave Pete the homework assignment mm-hmm. and he accepted the homework assignment very graciously of listening straight through to the new album OK Human by Weezer the title itself is a play on OK Computer by Radiohead and it is commentary on how we are all sort of too electronic we're too attached to our screens which is a song we're very isolated as a result of COVID they surprise released this album following the uh the anticipated album called van weezer which is a tribute to van halen and it's all shredding guitars and all very like crunchy you know the typical kind of weezer sound with more guitars i guess but that got put on hold after the uh covid uh hit last year because they were going to go on what was called the hella mega tour with green day and fallout boy and i was very excited about it and it didn't happen but there's rumors that it might be happening uh if not this year the next year which is pretty cool but they put that album on hold put out their other album which they recorded with a 38 piece orchestra uh rather than guitars and many are calling it a return to form but everyone loves to say those words when it comes to weezer releasing new music that sounds halfway decent um i'm a big fan of this album but i would love to hear what pete has to say about it what his initial reactions are and then we're going to dive into kind of what it's like to like a band through the ups and downs and also be attached to them and sort of the lyrics that pop out to me and pete might do a little bit of analyzing that might make me uncomfortable and then yeah. i'll change the subject yeah. wow that was very good dude there's i did this earlier with the val there's some kind of weird brain click that yeah. happens i think you just check out and it just happens i do check out <laughs> yeah. i go into a liminal state yes very good well, yeah, so because I don't know Weezer that well, except I. By the way, I think you're abusing our podcast to talk about Weezer, so that that's not true. They'll they'll reach out to you and you'll be hanging out with them. I I don't want I, to. Is that right? No, because I was thinking of I should do that with you too. I'd like to meet Bono. Yeah, if you can do, I will <laughs> happily get on the train. Of, I'd rather hang out with Bono than hang out with. Uh, no, nah, that's not true. But I would love to hang out with with all of them. But um. No, I, I, I don't. I, but I do think there's. it's fun to talk about this within the scope of psychoanalysis yeah. and, and the unconscious and all these fun things. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I listened to the album, did my homework. Um, what do you think? I want to I know what your whole thoughts are. Wow. I really like the album. I okay. really like That's it. That's so great to hear. It to so, me. There you go. Is that right? That's good. Yeah, I yeah. no, loved, loved it. I thought it was very, very good. Thank you. And I, I had a lot to do with it. What's him? I had a lot to do with it. So that right? That was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and what what do I think? An okay human. It's an interesting title. Um, it it is a lot of him. I mean, this is this is easy, but it's like every album where is about people wrestling with stuff. But you can tell that he's wrestling with a lack of meaning at times, and he's also wrestling with us being attached to computers and being isolated, and he's also kind of. Uh, talking about his relationship with his partner and like his lack of identity and how keeping his identity together. And then the first song, which I really like, there's all of this, you know, thing about desire, the contradiction, like he wants what he doesn't want. I actually, the first, the first song, which is all my favorites, uh, all my favorite songs, all my favorite songs is, is that's, that's kind of very, very poppy, very kind of, you know, but I love it because He's basically showing all the contradictions of his life. He wants to go out. He wants to stay in. He wants to hang out with people. The people he hangs out with make him angry. He wants to say he's got all of this back and forth. And then the last lines, this is, and then I'll, tell me what you think of this Oh, here we go. Is, uh, 
I thought it was kind of interesting because I think it ends with him saying about, uh, you know, he, sometimes he'd like to be on an island, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes like, which I take as a, uh, as a kind of metaphor for getting rid of this chaos of, of desire and contradictory desire. And he says, but I would miss the sirens, mm-hmm. which I, for me, just conjures up this thing because a siren obviously is about police, ambulance, fire, some disaster, but he's almost saying like he would miss the chaos Mm-hmm. So, and that's a thing that's in the album. And you mentioned this is there's a sense that this guy meditates, obviously you can tell it from the lyrics. He likes all that stuff. And yet he also sees the limits of meditation. He likes the kind of like the, the dissatisfaction of existence because meditation often is about trying to find peace. And yet you can tell there's this, he's also trying to embrace the kind of chaos of life. So those are my first initial thoughts. That's what the album's about. Oh, love it. Yeah, I agree 100%. Mm. Yeah, the, what you're talking about is the beginning of Grapes of Wrath, mm. where which is, in my opinion, one of the catchiest songs. And by the way, I can understand, yes, this is a little self-indulgent, for sure. And it's thank very you for going on this journey with me. <laughs> I've got the lyrics in front of me, by the way, so I'm going to just look at lyrics. Exactly. So, so we're, about the song. guys, this is important, all right? <laughs> like, Take notes. This is, yeah, sit down, we'll, We'll take a second, find a pen, find yeah. a notepad. <laughs> and if you get confused, make a note. We'll talk about it at the end. We're going to do a Q&A. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, do you grapes have the... Grapes of gra- Wrath. I got Grapes of Wrath. What's the me. first line of it? I can feel my breathing. It's so nice. It's like a blanket on my life. Let me stay here forever in this state of classical denial. I mean, that's incredible, right? Because he is talking about meditation. Rivers, uh, before the big hit of Beverly Hills... Uh, became connected with the famed music producer who did a bunch of, he did Johnny Cash, he did Red Hot Chili Peppers, but his name's Rick Rubin. And Rick Rubin and Beastie Boys, Rick Rubin suggested to Rivers at this time that he start entering into the world of meditation. And Rivers hesitated because he did not want to lose his edge. He thought that if he became meditative and he became peaceful, he would lose the ability to to connect with that side of his rock star ego that could create crunchy guitar rock. Now, this is all like in the context of Weezer, but keep in mind, this band has been relevant for longer than the vast majority of bands. And somehow they keep making- They've been relevant longer stuff. than I've been irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah, 47 years, that is. Yeah, been irrelevant, <laughs> that's, that's not true. <laughs> but he eventually gets into meditating Vipassana meditation, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but it's breath, it's focused on your breath, it's focused on the immediate sensation. And he'll still to this day do these like 10-day retreats where or five-day retreats where he'll go and he'll do this meditation nonstop. And it's interesting that his most recent album has an allusion to it that also talks about like, it kind of pulls the curtain back, I think, on how a lot of people treat meditation, which is as an escape from the the contradiction and the pain of life that that they're that they're experiencing it becomes escapism and i think he's talking about the whole song grapes of wrath is a wonderful pop song that's all about escapism about listening to audiobooks uh and it's it's just typical weezer using pop culture references but at the same time it's wonderful yeah i mean without wanting to read too much in this first line what's exactly what you're saying i think in it which is this is my critique of meditation right here in four lines four lines four lines because from the Freudian perspective, you can't meditate your way to the unconscious. I think we've talked about this before. Nice. The Freudian idea is you can't meditate your way to the unconscious because the unconscious isn't deep within you. It's on the surface. It's in the contradiction of your language. So meditation on the line here in this, let me stay here forever in this classic, uh, in this state of classical denial. 
is that meditation is very useful. It can calm you. It can bring you into peace. But but the the kind of Freudian critique is that it, it is a type of denial. You avoid the contradictions that you are that are in your language. So you kind of by quieting your mind and trying to not hold on to your thoughts and let them go and get into a place where you can just go back deep into the imaginary and not and, and not have symbolic things going on in your mind. That is lovely and it feels good, but actually it it brings you away from what is most you, which is your chaos. So I, I and see that he likes them both. It's not that he's against one, but he's kind of like saying, I can feel my breathing, it's so nice, so it's relaxing him. It's like a blanket on my life. Let me stay here forever. And then it's that line in this classic, in this state of classical denial. It's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. He also does a lot of, uh, which by the way, I agreed with a lot of what you said, but I didn't agree with all of it. Good. But I think Come back that's on me on that. Push back. Well, I'm not going to push it, back. You can be wrong if you want. That's allowed in this podcast. <laughs> Name one time that we've been wrong or I've been wrong. Uh, no, I mean, I agree with the, what I agree with you on is that you can't, meditate your way into the unconscious necessarily yes because Jungians would say like as you're a Jungian more and more more and more you would say Jungians would say you, you kind of you can enter into a depth dimension I think you can get glimpses I think you can learn about yourself you can collect data about yourself I disagree in certain ways that it, that it is a um like portal into uh, some higher realm of being that elevates you in some way. I think that especially people here in this area of the world tend to use it as escapism, like mm-hmm. which is can be healthy. Like you're saying, yeah. I think that's very healthy. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think most people you, today in America use meditation because there's so much anxiety and problems in our lives and in our social situations and all, that meditation helps alleviate the anxiety. But that's for me a, a slight problem because that's the denial. That's the kind of, it's not bad, but it's, um, but then you have to keep doing it because you're not changing the circumstances. Yeah. No. And also I actually don't think that we have, I think our problem right now is numbness. Mm. And so people, when they meditate, like it would almost be better. This is just me spitballing. I don't know. I'm just having, we're having fun conversations, but I feel like if you uh, really want to enter into growth in life, you have to go toward the pain and toward the contradiction. Yeah. And the, the folks that like in America, it seems to be that people are incredibly uh, numb and that they have actually like, they're not even feeling their anxiety. They're completely muted and then while being muted, they're like, oh, something's going to change. So I'm going to meditate. And it's like, well, you're just like turning the volume even further down a little bit. Like you should be, we should be cranking things up a little bit and entering into life more. But do you not think, because I'm interested in this, because right, I remember there's a song by my band, <laughs> U2, um, called <laughs> You're just about to plug your own. <laughs> yeah. It's a U2 cover band called uh, <laughs> We Find What We're Looking For. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm the dancer. Um, in uh, in a brilliant album called Zuropa, I think Zuropa, it's a song called Numb, and it was a reflection of the age and this re- reflection of numbness being kind of like numb by television and entertainment. But I would have, I would have said that we're living in an, a moment of profound hyper anxiety. Maybe this exact moment, <laughs> <laughs> right now, like yeah. in the past year. In the past year, that's what I mean. Yeah, but. I don't know. I, 
I was talking with some friends about like TikTok and about like the ability for people to just consume so much stuff, which of course leads us back to this Weezer album, mm-hmm. the song Screens, my least favorite ooh, song on the ooh, album. I'm, I'm going to look up the lyrics. Oh, have talking. fun. It's a, it's a doozy. I don't really like this song, but I still like it. Um, but I, I, I think that we have figured out a way to escape from the constant anxiety that, so we don't actually feel the anxiety. We're, we're numbing ourselves constantly through social media and technology. Oh, well, see, that's interesting, right? Because there's lots of social media. Oh, but yeah, it's funny because I was going to say I can see that on Instagram, but Twitter feels like this anxiety pit. It feels like it's... but it, And, of course, you can't really talk about the world as a whole. So, you know, some of us are numb, some of us are not. It's yeah. just I think of this kind of COVID and all of this kind of political unrest we've seen like a very anxious age, but... I, I see what you're saying because there's this other side where we're, you know, numbed by entertainment and whatever. Numbed but. by, and also like it's not what the Capitol was stormed. I was upset that the Capitol was stormed like a month ago. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. Yeah. Like I don't like it doesn't affect me now. And it's like we're we're I think many people are like we'll we'll see the headlines and we'll go, okay, that's happening. All right. Mm. Cool. Reddit's Reddit is attacking Wall Street. <laughs> it might collapse the economy. All right, great. People are dumping their savings into meme stocks. Okay, cool. Which I I still have. My, I'm losing so much money on uh, on AMC. Right? Not this is not financial advice. It's definitely not financial advice. But uh, it's so funny because people seem to be detached. Like they seem to be like truly uncaring about these things because they're just wanting to feel something. Yeah, yeah. That's my hot okay. take. But yeah. still agreeing with about the meditation thing. Yes. Still agreeing with that? Or I think so. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. But I love meditation. I yes. value meditation. You value it. So, yeah, I mean, this is, and you know, this is one of the distinctions, and it's a, just a good distinction to make, and it's not right or wrong, but it's like you have the Jungian kind of thing where there is a certain sense in which there's an, a kind of like a connection with a deeper yeah. part of yourself and a deeper kind of archetypal kind of whatever. And the Freudians are generally tend towards it's on the surface, but that's an inter- you know, it's an interesting thing to mm-hmm. to discuss. But the other thing we're talking about is whether we're living in the age of numbness or anxiety. So that's uh, I say both. Yeah, I think it's just we're mm-hmm. numb to the anxiety. Yeah. Ooh, deep. And so what is what is this connected to? I, I've never disliked myself more than what I just said. <laughs> But yeah, because uh, I've got the lyrics in front of me, so I was. Well, just... screens is my least favorite okay. song on the album, and it's him talking about everyone stares at screens. But yeah, yeah. everyone stares at the screens. But there is that line in it, the stanza about the old maid in a cottage. It's a great line. Depressed the shit out of me, dude. Like it made me so sad, and it reminded me of a bunch of like older generations right now, especially that are alone, and like fam- older family members that are like. Truly just playing, the line basically is uh, old maid in the cottage next door, uh, something, something. We don't see, we don't her, see much her much anymore. anymore. And she plays solitaire on her desktop, uh, desktop um, searches for her kids. Um, no, now she, she can't, can't stop. Yeah. yeah. Very catchy in the song. Because that's the other thing we should talk about oh, is yes. reading these lyrics is never going to sound deep or good. He's not like a poet. Uh, no, actually, I, well, yeah, yeah, they're not poet. But I think in a way, they're deceivingly deep whenever yeah. you read them without the music because because Weezer has a very uplifting 
Like yeah. it's almost like the Beach Boys, you know, it's like this uplifting music with very dark lyrics. Dark. So it's kind of deceptive. You're singing old maid in the cottage next door, oh, don't see her me. much anymore. Yeah. <laughs> she plays solitaire on her desktop, searches for her kids. Now she can't stop. Did she think she'd go out of this way? Did yeah. She, did, she, oh. did, did she think she'd go out this way? Yeah. It's like, oh, that's painful. That yeah. is so, when I, the first time I heard that, I was like, Oh, why does that make me so sad? And it is like what I've seen throughout my life way before this past couple of years of people being like older generations. Truly, they'll just play a game. But then I say that and I play Scrabble on my phone nonstop and I, I'll scroll through whatever. It's like we are. It is a little creepy. The whole thing with the um, the lyric that he has in there is, uh, does anyone know where we're going to be 21 years from now? Because he likes to be a little throw in random numbers, I guess. But um it's, uh, yeah, the technology thing. The whole album has this tone of going from, like, contradiction to isolation to exclusion. Uh, and it's very fun. Yeah. Have you ever seen, by the way, there's a, there's a great sketch. I think it's in their audio book, so you won't have probably seen it but, or heard it. Uh, Mitchell and Webb, where this guy dies and goes to heaven. And he's greeted in heaven. And he's like, oh, I'm in heaven. This is amazing. And they're going, like, yeah, now we're going to, you know, give you the, the meaning of life, you know? What, and uh, he goes, I'm really excited. And they go, 12,476. And he's like, what does that mean? And he says, that, that's your score on solitaire. That's your final score on solitaire. And he goes, why is that the meaning of life? And he's like, well, you played it all the time. I mean, obviously that must have been the thing that you felt was most significant. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, what about all these other things? And we're like, well, you spent literally 172 hours playing this game. So like, you obviously wanted to know your final score in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, we that were was just taking our cues from you. <laughs> yeah. It was like, oh, I mean, we don't think it's important, but obviously you thought this was so, your meaning in life. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That, when, that was both painful and uh, hilarious and painful at the same time. Horrible. <laughs> it's so depressing. Uh, it reminded me, I thought they were just ripping off uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to oh, the Galaxy yeah. for a second, yeah. but yeah. No, Which, that's... by the way, has a connection to, do you know Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy's connection to OK Human? No. Yeah, well, so OK Human is based on the album title OK Computer, and OK Computer is a line from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, whenever yeah. one of the characters says OK Computer, and then tells the computer to do something. It's a very tentative link, but there you go. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what other songs, by the way, that um, Bird with a Broken Wing was quite a... I mean, like That sounded like he was like really talking about him. So, like, lovely song. Yeah. My, the, my favorite bridge on the album is that where he's like, uh, nothing matters in the world and everyone is free, but I'll belong to you if you belong, if you believe in me. It's very sweet. Again, you can't say these lyrics without feeling cheese whiz come out of your <laughs> nostrils. But it is, if you listen to the album and you can buy into the cheesiness, because it is one of my favorite things about Weezer, is that they are truly like, he, he, he's a pop song writer, and he knows how to write pop songs like nobody's business. And then he'll just put in these very sad sort of Beach Boysy lyrics that are very fun. That song especially is very Beach Boysy. And then the song Numbers I like, just as a social influencer who's aging into his 30s. Ah, uh, yeah. Like that, that's that's old in the old social influencer world. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the numbers are right to get you. They which one did you like? Which one did you not like? Was, were any of them just annoying? You know, I only, so I listened to it once all the way through, and then a second time kind of like I missed the last few songs. So I haven't, there was none that, like I particularly stood out 
negatively. Mm-hmm. I like Mirror Image. That um, song's so good. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about it? Did you think of the the Mirror Image being? Yeah, you because you wrote about this. So tell, say what you were thinking about. I did. I mean, I thought I think it, it was talking. I mean, I was thinking about Lacan and the Mirror Stage and that kind of thing. And the lyrics are, "She is my Mirror Image." showing me who I am and it's also like a minute long song that just has a very pretty melody and then what he did Rivers was he sent the producer of the album welcome to this episode of the fundamentals by the way (laughs) uh, he sent a voice memo to his producer that was just him practicing like a song on the piano Uh, and so the last 20 seconds is just him in a voicemail that he sent to the producer who then tagged it on to the end of the song in the uh, in the album which is just a fun little little fact i guess oh. but the lyrics i think are very beautiful and that is classic weezer that little snippet of a song is like that's everything that you could want in a weezer song condensed down into one minute yeah and you know what's annoying i i because I, I was listening and i was watching so where was that bit that you were saying that was recorded that where was very it? end of mirror image she oh. like starts talking about how heaven's not going to let him in oh but that's a recording from a from a voice memo like he I, he was doing like a demo he was sending it to the producer to be like, what do you think about this? And he was like, we're going to put it at the end of the... So you can hear oh. him g- kind of playing with the melody. Very good. Very, very fun. Good. Oh, that's very good. Yeah, no, I love this because it's super short. Like there's a chorus and an outro. And the outro is the yep. one you just mentioned. And the chorus for everyone who's listening, right? She is my mirror image showing me who I am until the day that we shatter. She helps me understand. She is my mirror image showing me who I am until the day that we shatter. I will know where I stand. So yeah, that I like that a lot because, again, you actually you know without trying to read too much depth into it, like this is the thing about music. Music speaks deep truth, you know. Like so, you know, we can go deep into this, you know. Like that, in in the whole point of Hegel, you cannot be self conscious without another. And in fact, the funny thing about Hegel is, the f- the first type of self consciousness you have. This is kind of crazy sounding, but is when you so consciousness is consciousness of something and self-consciousness is consciousness of yourself as a something so when you're conscious you're look i'm looking at that chest set i'm not conscious of myself i'm conscious of the chest set mm-hmm. in self-consciousness i'm conscious of myself as an object so i can say things about myself like i'm 47 years old i'm from ireland i'm this i'm that and then the point is now i'm i am other to myself because I'm conscious of myself as an object. Mind body split. Was that? Mind My, um, body split. And I'm split. But the split is within me. And then here's the weird thing. I kind of like have to have somebody to put that onto. And then so self-consciousness arises. That, that this is where projection comes from. The idea that, that actually all of our relationships have a form of projection. There's always a part of ourselves and the people that we love. And that's how we, that's how we come to know ourselves through loving another and there's a little element of ourselves in that love of the other. See, greatest yeah. band of all time. Yeah, there you go. This and, is the yeah. greatest. No, uh. <laughs> he reads a lot of Lacan, and then yeah. on, <laughs> I love and I love the line until the day that we shatter. You know, that's a great line. It's like it's not the mirror shatters, we shatter. Like whenever you the relationship lose somebody, breaks, yeah, yeah, and it, and when you lose somebody, it is a shattering of yourself because you're losing something of yourself that's in the other. So it's always a feeling of there's something of yourself is gone. Yeah, also it sounds, the lyrics sound better when you read them with the accent. That helps mm. a lot. Uh, <laughs> so I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the Mirror song is one of the best on the album. I wish it was longer, but I also love yeah. how short it is. It's, yeah. it's him 
like flexing a little bit. Yeah. Um, the whole band is like, what's so funny is they are chalked up to being such a joke. And that is one of my favorite things about them mm-hmm. is that they are, they are novelty. They are nostalgia act, but then they'll, they'll throw out this little thing that has just a little bit more than, than meets the eye, which is very nice. And it makes them the greatest band of all time. So. Yeah. Oh, and on that, uh, Alu Gobi. I don't know why it's called Alu that. Gobi. Yeah. Alu I Gobi. really, that one grew on me. I didn't like it at first. Yeah. Same idea where he's realizing how, how he's just has the same routine every day. And, uh, and it's got classic Weezer lyrics such as, uh, gosh darn, this cast iron lounger, my butt will bruise. Yes. So he's there. He's a poet. Yeah. Oh, this is the one. It's not the one. The one. I, what's the one where he talks about like feeling that his life has no meaning? I like that one. Um, is that Dead Roses maybe? I don't know. I'll, I'll is that Bird with a Broken? Or uh, La Brea Tar Pits is another good one. That's the closing album. Yeah, or maybe it was Grapes of Wrath, actually. There was one one where he talks about, um, uh, basically, I almost, I don't know if it's playing computer games or something, but he basically goes like, like, my life feels really meaningless. I I want to kind of... That might be Alugobi, yeah. Oh, oh, oh my God, what's happening to me? Yeah, although it was even Same old dumb routines, is that it? (laughs) It felt even more obvious than than that one, so um, I'm just kind of, I'm going to pop through them while, while... Let's just take a moment. I love that our last episode was on Robin Hood, and that this one's on uh, on Weezer. Yeah, both will do equally as good. If you guys haven't listened to the album, I'm just saying I really like it. But the overarching theme here is that what you were saying too earlier about um, uh, reading, like reading meaning into things, is one of my favorite things to do. Like yeah. just create meaning out of little pop lyrics that don't mean anything. Did I tell you about this thing I learned about, Pete? This idea called death of the author? Did we talk about this? <laughs> yes, yes. You did, you did. Okay, yeah. have we talked about it on a podcast? We, no, not on the podcast, no. So, Can you explain it to people? I can, or you can, or I I'm can. still trying to wrap my head around it. I can give a go at it, but I'd love to hear you talk about oh, it. Yeah. I mean, so at, a, at its most simple, it's just that the author isn't in control of their own text. So... And I, I've experienced this as a writer, that when you write, there's more in the text than you even know. And someone can interpret the text in a way that's better than the author and different. Yeah. So the death of the author is the sense in which the author is not the, um, the d- definitive uh, authority on the painting or on the book that they've written. Yeah. Um, and in fact, the funny thing is like a great painting if the, if the painter says this is what it means, they're actually missing the point. A great painting has so much meaning in it that it, it's not contained by the consciousness of the author. So that does that is connect with what you Exactly it. Yeah. yeah, that would be 100% what it is because we're, we're reading through these materials and there is an instinct to go, well, what did so-and-so mean by this? <clears throat> and uh, I have a professor who is, I would say... Uh, wonderfully like scholarly and defines herself as a post-structuralist which is interesting and she's like you need to learn to do this she's like you can it's not bad to read it that way it's not bad to read something or hear something or look at a work of art and go where was the artist in this what were they thinking they're like but that's only one way of thinking about it and you can actually just take the piece of art or the text or the Weezer album and 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 
see what you find out of it. And that can be its own addition to the whole process, which is pretty wild. Yeah. And the crazy thing is you're also, we're always saying more than we say. That's why often, you know, I say something to, to you and then you can feed back, whoa, you said that very harshly, like when I sent a text to you last week when you recommended a, a movie that shall not be named that I didn't like the look of. Um, I didn't even, you know, it, it evoked something and the, I, that I didn't even realize that was within me. Yeah. So often authors, like I, I wrote a book of parables and I had this kid who was like 15 who came up to me in a, an event and gave me an interpretation of one of the stories I, I wrote that was better than cool than what I meant completely better it was like I wish I'd meant that that's that you've 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 given new life to that how cool yeah and it was somehow in me like there was a weird bit where I was going I didn't even realize that that's what I was trying to say right wow. it's there's that you're you, you're not the master of your own text you're not the master of your own language 100 yeah. percent. also yeah I recommended Pete a movie mm-hmm. because I was watching it and I hated it and I, we won't talk about what it is right it now. It was a movie that's been very well received. In a few months, we'll talk about <laughs> yeah, it. It was very well received. <laughs> and I had high hopes, and I have low standards, and I texted Pete. As a joke, yeah. I was like, you gotta watch this movie. <laughs> and I sent a text message, and I was like, hey, listen. And the next message was like, you gotta watch this movie. I was and lying on bed when I got the text. He was, was lying like, in bed. I'll watch the trailer. This might be interesting. I've got nothing better to do. I'm having a drink. I'm on my own. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? Turns out uh, Pete watched the trailer, hated it for good reason, and then sent me the longest text about like really deep, like, I cannot watch this movie. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yeah, you shouldn't because it sucks. I hate this movie. It's one of the worst I've seen in a while. And then there was so many other text messages where I had to convince Pete that no, I truly was joking. I do not I was like worried that movie. you liked it. I was worried that you yeah, liked it. Pete was so yeah. worried that I liked it. Because movie. you know the greatest danger about it, and I love that some people might try and work will work out what it is. The greatest danger of it is it's very well made. It's very well shot. It's very well It's well shot in the way that like anyone who knows how to shoot a movie well could yeah. do. But in this Poof, day and like age where a lot of the movies are shit, I was like, oh, God, this is well put together. And Helen noticed this. She hated it. And she was like, this is well well shot. Well oh, put man, together. though, the, just the gentle joke of trying to get your friend to watch a movie that you know he'll hate. Because yeah. I was like, this is a fun hate watch of a movie. Like, I yeah. disagree with it on so many levels. It just hit It hit too close to kind of my own, some some part of myself. It did. It, yeah. hit, it yeah. hit beyond, it, there was a third thing yes. it, that it hit. And uh, I'm yeah. sorry that I did. I've yes. traumatized you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I cannot find this song. It's hilarious. I knew there was a song where he literally was saying that, um, he wanted meaning in his life. I mean, he did say it that's one so stage. funny. If it's not, <laughs> <laughs> I just to- totally death of the author. I could have sworn he there was something in here. By the um, way, death of the author's, author's very key, as you know, to post structuralism. That's why I knew it when you mentioned because that's a that's a big theme. Yeah, she's big into that. She's big into all that stuff. She's done the the thing. She's a good a good professor. Uh, intimidates the heck out of me. Yeah. But I'm trying to look up the album right now to see if I can find out, because I'm sure I can just look at the track list. Uh, it's got to be Alligoby. No, probably Grapes of Wrath. No, it might be. Honestly, a, a lot of the album is Are you getting the percentage of sales of this album? Because this is going to... Not no. that we've got a very big audience, but you know, I think there'll be some people listening to it. No, and I don't think... 
Elliot talking about Weezer is going to be anything that like, yeah, <laughs> like drives prices up. It's just nice to have a breath of fresh, breath breath of fresh air. Oh God! Well, he did. He gen. did say in the um in the song "Grapes of Wrath." This isn't the one I was meaning, but it's similar because you can tell this guy is. You can tell because you can tell a lot about what a person's wrestling with. That he's probably wrestling with fame and boredom and meaning and so he writes counting me to show support for winston smith in 1984 because battling big brother feels more meaningful than binging zombie hordes and so my guess is binging zombie hordes hordes sounds like he's playing computer games it sounds to me like a walking dead reference Oh, oh, yeah, binging zombie. Yeah, he's binge watching movies. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's very good. I was thought he's playing some zombie game, but that's right. But Winston Smith, who is the uh, protagonist of 1984, who's fighting unsuccessfully Big Brother, the Big Other. Um, so that's a that's a real sense in which he goes like, I don't want to just be sitting watching TV. I want to have some meaning in my life. Yeah, and then uh, I mean, in Alu Gobi, the song before, he's talking about going to a, a theater and seeing a French noir flick uh and then it cuts in and he just goes i'd rather be a man on a mission oh that's the what i was meaning yeah i'd and rather be a man it, on a yeah. mission that's exactly the and song. so he's has this wonderful life <laughs> and stuck in this routine he's going i would rather just be a man on a mission and i mean my goodness if i don't relate to that mm-hmm. so much so it is it's a good album and it's fun and i recommend it and this episode has been brought to you by crush media the <laughs> record label that is uh weezers now um it is fun i i do think though there's a kernel of a good podcast here <laughs> in the death of the author thing and in stripping mm-hmm. away the idea of weezer because in my mind if we were going to do an episode on weezer i would just bring all the fun little narrative that you can do with Weezer about their journey and about their ups well, You should and tell downs. us a little story. I'll Is tell you a little one? story, Pete. Yeah. Thank you for good. Curl up, everybody. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, it's, it's a subjective story. It's an objective story. The subjective slash objective story is that I came to Weezer through a song called Hashpipe. I still love it to this day. I think it's very fun. It was part of the Green album. I then later got the Blue album and then Pinkerton and then Maladroit and all these things. That was their first four albums. Green was a hyper-pop formulaic album that Rivers went into a dark room that he painted all the walls black and created this like encyclopedia of pop music that was referenced Green Day and Nirvana and all these things. He did that because Pinkerton was a hyper-emo album, very raw. They self-produced it. It came off their initial success of the Blue Album with Say It Ain't So and Buddy Holly, etc. And they did this raw album called Pinkerton. It was poorly received. And then Rivers went into a reclusive state. He went back to Harvard for a while. He had leg surgery, all these crazy things. He then returned with the Green Album, massive hit. Island in the Sun became their biggest song, I think, of all time. Launched him back onto the the map, you know, seven, eight years after the initial, uh, maybe six years after the initial Blue Album. So Blue Album, Pinkerton, Green Album. A bunch of people hate the Green Album because it's too, it's not personal. It's not him being raw. So this album is him being Raw Game, which is very fun. Uh, and then they went on just a spree of trying to create big hits again from Maladroit. They went to Make Believe. That's where they got Rick Rubin involved. They got Beverly Hills out of that. Great. Uh, some perfect situation in that. Great song. Best song on the album, for sure. And then they went and they self-produced again. So they repeated themselves. And then they went to the Red Album. Uh, and then... Uh, that was in 2008, Red Album. They had like a six-minute song. They've always been experimenting, playing with their sound, and always keeping true to like their 
core roots and always pissing off their fans. And they have a very yeah. tumultuous relationship with their fan base that always wants them to create basically Pinkerton or Blue Album again or some amalgamation of both. Then around 2014, 2015, they started releasing things like uh, Everything Will Be All Right in the End as well as the White Album. Uh, I think the White Album is better. Both those albums are great. Um, one of them was produced by Rick Ocasek. I think I'm saying his name wrong, but he produced the Blue Album and the Green Album from The Cars, or The Doors, one of those. Oh, right. No, is Cars. Impressive. I'm very cars. impressed. I'm just looking like, whoa, like... It's like, I thought you knew a bit about, obviously, Weezer, but this is amazing. It might be, like, my one hobby. Yeah. Uh, somehow. And <laughs> Unfortunately, then they, how do you monetize this? I, I have no idea. Uh, I met Rivers once, and yeah. I'm good. Uh, yeah. But I, not that I didn't like him, but, I mean, it was I was so nervous, you know? Mm. And so the the White Album comes out. It has Thank God for Girls, which I think is one of their best songs That's ever. Great. That was the first, you played that to me. That's the first time I'd heard Weezer, I think. And you played that song, and it was a really cool song. So fun. Yeah, so fun, really fun song. Whole album I love. And then they started releasing things like Pacific Daydream, the Black Album. These albums I would consider to be lower tier. They also did albums like Ratitude and Hurley, also very lower tier. And then out of nowhere, they well, then they started doing this Van Weezer thing. And I'm like, how bad is this going to get? Like, I'm really not into this. There's something about it that doesn't feel special. And then they turn around, they release OK Human, and I go, all right, I'm back what on was, board with you. There was a thing, and you might have covered it in there, but there was an album I did not like that I listened to, which was the covers. What was their covers one? Oh, the Teal album. I didn't like that. Am I missing something? No, but Pete, the Teal album came out on the day, the evening that I asked my current girlfriend to be my girlfriend. Mm. And then when she said yes, I got on my phone and somebody had tweeted at me and said, did you know Weezer just dropped a new album? I got so excited, I went into the bathroom and threw up. Wow. There's too much happiness in too, one day. Too much going on uh, in that day. Yeah, it's a yeah. tear. I mean, they yeah. what they did, and the story behind that album is a fan consistently tweeted at them and said, please do a cover of Africa. They did the cover of Africa, and it ended up being, again, their biggest hit since, like, Beverly Hills. It was a huge hit, even though it was just a cover. And then so they quickly went into the studio and did a whole series of covers. Um, I enjoy it, but it's not like I wouldn't call it, like, an album. One of my favorite things to do with you, we will occasionally, Elliot will come around. Uh, most recently, Curtis joined us. We'll have a few drinks, and we'll just listen to music. And the funniest one was <laughs> when so with the three of us were together, and... You kicked off the night with a song that we'll mention in a second, and then Curtis was so disgusted with the song that you were playing that he had to go to the other extreme and played the most extreme opposite song. So his song was just Tom Waits speaking a poem about mm -hmm. basically we're all worm food. It was the darkest shit I've ever heard. Yeah, you stir the whiskey <laughs> with the rusty yeah. nail or something. Yeah, oh, it was beautifully Waitsy dark dark stuff and your song was because it was albuquerque by weird al yankovic which is one of the best songs of all time and weird al is one of like second only to weezer in my pantheon of favorite people first concert i ever went to and all i remember is how long is that song 12 minutes or something <laughs> it's right. insane see whenever someone says on oh, here let's put on a song and they put on a 12 minute song yeah i thought i was like are you choosing true are you getting back like do you need to readjust yeah. i felt he was getting back at you i felt he was like I'm even if you didn't to. know he was i was like you're just no, I don't even think he was getting back. I think he truly yeah. was evening the weight. Yes. The back spirit now. of the room. There was a certain spirit of the room. I was room like, that was to... too fun. You're right. <laughs> yeah. I, I was too happy there. Uh, but I yeah. felt bad because it was like, it is a beautiful song. 
Albuquerque. Uh, yeah. No, but the Tom Waits thing was an incredible, like, oh, yeah, spoken word saying, thing yeah. and very beautiful. Yeah. But, uh, but your, was, guilty was like, your guilty pleasure is Christian rock. Absolutely, dude. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I still, to this day, love me some Christian rock. After a few drinks, there's always a, a Christian rock song put on. 100%. And, uh, and then Kevin Max did the album of um, Larry Norman uh, covers. Oh, yeah, I've got a soft spot for Larry Norman. That guy could write. Yeah, yeah I mean, they're great write. songs. Yeah. So. yeah. Anyway, um, what's your score on Weezer? Do you, are you sold? Do you think they're the greatest band of all time yet, <laughs> besides you two? Yeah, well, I really love that album. Gotta say, I'm gonna listen to it again. Okay, human. Redeemed them from Teal because Teal was the last one I listened to. Maybe I didn't give that a good enough try. No, you, but, um, if you didn't like Teal, they're following two albums or one album, but horrible. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I listen to them. I have no. I I enjoy them, but I'm, that's not something you should listen to. So yeah, I'm glad that they redeemed themselves. Yeah. So do we get to do this with a band of mine someday? Not next week or anything, but in the future we do maybe a U2 album? Yeah, you got to give me an album to listen to because you be gave that out. You oh. played that song, uh, Ultraviolet. Ultraviolet. Right the way. Oh, and I did the Killers version. The Killers did a, a cover of Ultraviolet and it's really amazing. I downloaded uh, iTunes Music just so I could get that song. Yeah, because it's quite hard to find. Like that album... Because I was user laughing at me, going, it's quite hard to find. And, I, and it's partly because this, the, the, the album title is so hard to spell. It's not just Actum Baby. The cover version is spelt phonetically. Yeah. So, um, and I don't think it's not on Spotify, not. I don't think. It's not, yeah. But so It's Light the Way, Ultraviolet by U2. Incredible song. I have yeah. heard it before. I had heard it before you played it. I mean, it's one of their classic songs, right? Yeah, but it's funny enough, it's hidden on the album. You know, it's hidden near the end of the really? album. So it's not one that they, I don't think they released it ever as a single or anything. But that album was just so good that, that almost every song is a winner on it, you know. Well, I'm excited to listen to a U2 album straight through. And I'll do it twice like you did. And that's very nice of you. And thank you for doing it. It's very fun. Uh, it's a fun little hobby for me, this Weezer yeah. stuff. So I would say, give me a U2 album, we'll talk about it. And also, I enjoyed the death of the author little snippet we had in here. Because oh, yeah. you folks at home can just listen to things or read things and try mentally to do the death of the author approach. Don't think about what they meant. Don't think about what they were going for. Just take it in as it is, and you might find things that even they didn't intend to be there. Yep. I think that's pretty cool. That's almost worth a podcast. I, <laughs> I love the way you're trying to redeem this podcast. I love it. I'd be like, listen, there was really something right. interesting in the midst of this. Right. <laughs> something. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I've loved this one, actually. I good. I'm glad. so good. Uh, me too. So, folks, uh, please subscribe on iTunes. Please subscribe to this channel. And someday, someday we're going to monetize this. We keep meaning to, and then we never do because we just enjoy it so much. But someday we'll create a Patreon. Because so, somebody mentioned it recently. And we, we do have a Patreon that we've never started. I can just make it public. Yeah. We can, I just won't yeah. be pushing it. No, we're not going to push it. And, and the fact I'll that we've been doing this for button. like two years and we haven't... Yeah, it, but eventually, maybe we'll do that. But Just if you search it. Yeah. I won't say the URL title. Just search it. And if it goes somewhere, then there's a oh, Patreon. Oh, so it exists, but it's never been public. So you can find it if you search no, I'd have to make it, uh, which I can do that. Yeah, no, but, don't do it. Yeah, well, well, I don't know. Whatever. Well, we'll see. I'm gonna just okay. do it anyway. <laughs> we'll see. All right, bye everybody. All right, bye bye.